This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time once again for another fun episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I have a really interesting guest on this week, and that is Terrence Ward. He's a PA announcer, an MC, a filmmaker, and he even announces wrestling for Memphis Wrestling. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation that I have with him today. We talk about how he got into this career, as well as some stories that he's had along the way. And we even get into talking about uh, some older wrestling and some some things that we grew up on. Uh, so yeah, this one's got all kinds of great stuff in it. And for those of you who are here just to listen to the Terrence Ward episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so... <laughs> Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers really? certain people, yeah. Bloop. Wow. I was actually lost as an infant, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro! Get punched in the face on the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? <laughs> what? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So today I have with me a really special guest. I am very excited to have him on. I kind of reached out to him a few months ago and set this up. And um, I have Terrence Ward on with me. He is the PA announcer for the Memphis Hustle, which is a... Uh, basketball team in memphis area he's also the the mc for the redbirds and he's also a filmmaker and he's an announcer for memphis wrestling and i am so glad to have you on today man how are you doing uh, i am great it has been uh as we were talking before the show uh raising a two-month-old is is challenging and and <laughs> some of some of your listeners, if they were watching this on video, would see I uh, got a little bit of bloodshot eyes, and it's not because there's this is Coca Cola only, uh, but the, the exhaustion is real. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Congratulations, by the way, on uh, being a new dad. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, five years of five years of of uh, praying and four years of trying, and finally, you know, that uh, third clinic visit was just was the perfect time. So yeah. That's awesome, man. I, it's always, uh, it's a blessing. One of the things I always say is, you know, I was placed on this earth to be a dad and there's not a feeling that can replace it. So I, I, I'm so glad that you're getting to experience that now and everything as well. No, I appreciate it. So let's kind of jump right into everything. Uh, you do a lot of announcing you have a very, you have a, a voice for it, man. I, in fact, the first time that I saw anything that you had done, uh, was on your TikTok. And you were doing some of the ring announcing stuff that you do on there. And uh, I loved it. That was, uh, it, I was like, man, he, he, he has that voice that, that, that you know, you, you want to listen to. So what was it that um, got you into doing announcing? 
Was it something that you always wanted to do? Well, yes and no. So I can remember, I can remember watching, you know, WCW, which is what my, my late grandfather got me into mm-hmm. was, was WCW. Uh, but I, the first recollection I remember of doing any kind of ring announcing was imitating Howard Finkel. Okay. I don't remember what, if it was just Monday night raw, I don't, I don't remember, but I know I remember doing that. Uh, and then of course, once I heard JR's voice, it's like, Hey, this guy sounds just like me. You know, somebody from the South <laughs> with it. He sounds normal. Everybody else sounds weird. So it's like, uh, I immediately connected with, with his voice and then the energy, man, mm-hmm. he made you believe everything. He made you believe everything that was going on inside of that ring or right. backstage. Um, and that just was really kind of like, I want to be a part of that. So uh, I was 16 years old and a classmate of mine had passed away in a, in a tragic car accident, her and her, uh, her newborn. Hmm. So her, um, uh, family was trying to recoup some, you know, obviously some medical costs some burial costs associated with that tragedy. Right. Uh, and one of, our, one of our classmates, her uncle was a wrestling promoter and hmm. went to the event. I was like, Hey, what can I do? I'd love to volunteer. I would love to, uh, be able to uh, do anything. What can I do? What can I do to help? Uh, and they gave me a camera and was like, here, this is what we want you to do. Point it towards the ring, follow the wrestlers. Have you watched wrestling before? Yes. If somebody's <laughs> in the ring, keep it in the ring. Uh, so very simple instructions for this young ADHD kid. Uh, very easy to follow. Can't screw yeah. that up. Uh, so, you know, fast forward to the end of the show, uh, the promoter comes up to me and says, Hey, I really like what you're doing. Would you want to stick around? I've got a few more shows. I'd love to be able to call you if we need you. And uh, so that relationship started there. And then a year later, I was like, I've got to do something different. 17. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I'm tired of setting, you know, holding a camera, setting behind it. I want to be in front of it in some way. Right. Uh, and I got an opportunity and I froze. <laughs> I froze. <laughs> Uh, and it was, uh, my, I was doing commentary, PA commentary, which I hate these days, but again, it's, it's just what it is, what it is. Right. Uh, Brian Byerly, uh, he was, he went by Brian Edwards was his commentary name, still friends with him today. And he carried that whole show pretty much by himself and literally had to drag responses out of me. Cause I was just so frozen. Um, didn't know what to do during the headlines. Uh, but luckily, uh, he was very patient, very kind, uh, helped me feel very warm and welcome at the desk. And so things kind of picked up from there. And uh, just here we are, you know, 17, 16, 17 years later. And the experiences have just in the last two years been crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said at the beginning, you're doing all kinds of stuff. You know, you're, during the, uh, the MC for uh, the Memphis Redbirds, which, um, like I told you at the beginning, I'm from that area. So I remember going to the very first ever uh, Redbirds game at AutoZone Park when they played uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. And Mark McGuire was still on the team at that time. So uh, hearing as soon as I saw that this was something you're doing, I kind of popped. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool that I'm going to get to talk to the guy who's the MC for the Memphis Redbirds. Yeah. And I appreciate that, that level of, of excitement. Cause it's, it's always, I don't want to say awkward, but I, I tend to be, I have my public persona and I have my private persona and it's right. very, very two different personalities. I can be very introverted at times and uh, very reserved. And sometimes it comes off as, 
you know, just, I don't want to be, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be around anybody, but it's just a, I, I try to remain humble as much as I can because I've seen so much behind the scenes and in front of the camera of folks just crashing and burning with right. everything that comes along with uh, any level of success, minor success or major success. And it's uh, just a way of me helping keep myself in check, you know, understanding and realizing that there's a lot more talented people than me out there that are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, but it's come back to, to bite me a few times down the road, but. Well, you know, uh, from what I hear, you know, uh, you sound like you're doing a, an amazing job. Uh, you're also doing the, uh, Memphis wrestling it, now. Is that where you started? Uh, you, you started out in wrestling, like you told me, uh, what was the company that you actually started with, uh, on announcing? Uh, this is going to take it really far back. And for, for people in Northeast Arkansas, they're going to recognize this name. It's, uh, the all-star wrestling federation. Okay. Uh, AM. UF uh, has some positive connotations there and some negative ones as well. Uh, but that's indie feds anywhere in the country. There's always some controversy going on. Yep. Uh, but uh, this company uh, gave me my start. Uh, the promoter, Aaron Polston, who passed away this year, uh, gave me my, my break in the business. Uh, the second owner of the company, David Walls, who passed away a week later, which was totally a shock to everybody. Uh, that the, those two promoters literally that started it, continued it. And uh, the third one, unfortunately diagnosed with cancer just seems like a bad run here for the company. Right. Uh, gave me my start. That's where I began my, my journey. Um, and I was there from 2006 until 2009 or 10. I can't remember which year. So three or four years, give or take. Okay. So yeah, uh, you did it through high school a little bit then too. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, that's, that's really impressive. Yeah, definitely interesting when you're you're trying to explain to classmates that uh, you're an announcer at a wrestling show. They're like, <laughs> WWE? You're you're in high school? No, 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 no. There's a wrestling show to oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so how did you get with uh, Memphis Wrestling? Uh, so gonna turn the dial back just a second because this is this was due to a relationship built. Um, you know, about a decade ago, um, mm -hmm. I was talking to you before we started the show and one of your previous guests, Ivan Warsaw, mm -hmm. uh, was, was Knuckles Madsen in NXT, right. uh, him and I, uh, worked together at, at a company in West Memphis that was doing regional television. Uh, downtown Bruno was one of the referees later, one of my broadcast colleagues. So I, him and I did commentary for that TV show. Um, okay. and met Dustin Starr, who is the promoter of Memphis Wrestling, the owner and promoter of Memphis Wrestling, or excuse me, Memphis Championship Wrestling LLC is the company name. Mm -hmm. uh, but met Dustin. Dustin also was, uh, was contracted by WWE, was in NXT for a year, um, signed on to be a wrestler, then later transitioned to be a referee, uh, then got released from his contract after that full year. Uh, we all were kind of working together on this little project in West Memphis, and Dustin and I met for the first time, could not stand the guy, hated his guts, like just had this, he had literally walked like a rooster in the ring. Uh, it just, oh, it's bad. like the, the, the walk and the head bob. It's just like, this guy is so full of himself. And of course, when he came to work at this company in West Memphis, uh, it was after his WWE release. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is like, is he full of himself because he thinks you work for WWE? Then I realized 
his public persona is different than his private persona, his right. personality. So, you know, in the locker room, getting to know him really warmed up to him, got to know him even better down the road, working other events and, and visiting with him and his now wife, Maria, who was his girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2020, yeah, 2019, sorry, uh, Dustin reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm starting a, a wrestling show, a company championship wrestling from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what it was called at the time, would love for you to do some voiceovers for me. I've always loved your voice. I've always uh, wanted to to use it if I ever could in a way. Yeah. Because uh, I'd run, been ring announcing at several events with him, uh, not necessarily working for him, but alongside him on some cards. And uh, so I said, sure. We we come to an agreement, figured out a price on that. Uh, and the possibility of this became viable to do a uh, a lot or not a live show, but an actual produced, recorded, and created in Memphis type show, not just syndicated programming. Then he would consider bringing me onto that promotion. And then fast forward a year later, the syndicated programming had proven that there was a market, there was an appetite for wrestling programming on television in Memphis, not yeah. just on social, but TV. Because uh, there's a, I mean, Memphis is the wrestling capital of the world yes. uh, for a lot of folks. So. Right. Uh, as you well know. And <laughs> fast forward a year later, Dustin's like, hey, uh, this is my date. I plan to launch the announcement for the kickoff of championship wrestling from Memphis. Uh, so he's we worked out an agreement, coming to work for him as a ring announcer. And uh, it's been an, just an incredible journey to see where we were, episode one, top of the line banquet hall in Memphis, uh, to where, by the way, debut episode, Snowstorm, uh, I think it was in February of 2020. We had a, you make remember <laughs> yeah. this. You remember, yeah. Like, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was covered in ice. People were calling out. It's like, and it's like the worst timing in the world for this debut episode. Right. Uh, Dave Marquez, who's the owner president of United Wrestling Network uh, and runs championship wrestling from Hollywood, which used to be an NWA affiliate back in the day. Mm. Uh, he worked for WWF, WWE, I guess you could say, as well as NWA and some other promotions. Uh, for producing and and hosting work. Uh, But he was there as well to help kind of facilitate uh, the production and and teach and train so that the next taping, we could literally take off the, the, the floaties, if you will, and be able to succeed on our own uh, in terms of we're producing, editing and and creating this content in Memphis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward. uh, We're, we're now at the wrestle center on 3296 Winbrook drive in Memphis, our own television studio, you walk in, you'll see a green screen painted wall. Everything is filmed and produced right there in Memphis at the Wrestle Center for content. Um, and it's just, it's it's been crazy to think about over the last four years of this journey, uh, how far we've come. That's so cool. You know, I, I love seeing that starting from the ground up and working to what you guys have now. You know, I've got to see some of the content that uh, you guys have produced. And it's really well made and it, it's very enjoyable. I can't wait to see Thank more you. of it. So, you know, uh, I, I like that you're able to, you know, you have your own space so you can do it. And uh, yeah, I just love that story. Now, kind of flipping over on this a little bit, there is another thing that I have on here for you that you do. And that is with, uh, so when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, the Memphis Grizzlies. But is, so is this a minor league team for the Memphis Grizzlies that uh, you do the PA announcement for? Yeah, so fun fact, uh, with the Redbirds and the uh, the Hustle, uh, Dustin and I both worked together, and Dustin helped me get those two jobs. <laughs> because okay. we're working, 
that I've done with him for Memphis wrestling. Uh, it's one of those, like you scratch my back, help me out. Yeah. Opportunities come along. I'm definitely going to help you out. So uh, been a very beneficial friendship, but also business relationship as well. Uh, so the Memphis hustle is the NBA affiliate G league affiliated team uh, in Memphis. Uh, okay. The Grizzlies actually own this G league team. So it's not some of the G league teams that are in the NBA G league. It's all under NBA, you know, leadership, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, are not always owned by their respective affiliates. So okay. you take any of the, you know, the, the, the Celtics or the Bulls or the Knicks or anybody like that. And those are just random examples. Mm-hmm. They might not own outright the G league affiliated team uh, that might be owned by somebody else, but the hustle is owned by the Grizzlies organization. So very beneficial for them that they can easily trade players get exposure. Um, I know last year or the year before the NBA playoffs were in Memphis. Mm-hmm. It's a few play. Yeah. We're in Memphis and Dustin and I both Dustin's the game day MC for the, for the Grizzlies uh, with uh, two other individuals, BLJ and uh, can't remember her name, saved my life. And I feel bad <laughs> about that. Uh, but we were on the short list for PA announcers. So if the PA announcers were not able to make it, we would have been called up to to fill those slots for the for the playoffs, which would have been amazing. I would have yeah. been like head over heels. Out of doing all of those, which one would you say is your uh, the one that gave you the most nerves? I guess. You know, I would lie and I would be lying if I told you that I didn't get butterflies anymore. Yeah, but I process that like once I walk through that gate, walk through that door, it is like business mindset. Right. And as long as I can keep myself occupied and not think about the nerves or think about, Oh my God, there's a lot of people here or there's, you know, <laughs> playoff that I'm good as long. And I've knock on wood, I had a very good success rate at that not happening in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Yeah. Uh, maybe less than that. Uh, but, but in terms of probably the, the biggest, the biggest, biggest nerve point would maybe be a tie between the hustle which mm-hmm. is broadcast on ESPN plus and then finding out that you were on ESPN plus oh. not you were on ESPN plus. Uh, you, you, wait, first, you didn't know beforehand. I didn't No, No, I did not. Uh, <laughs> not until afterwards I was doing, you know, going through to see if I could find anything on social that I could reshare or, you know, uh, I don't want to say steal, but um, stitch that, that I, somebody may have caught or yeah. maybe it was a play or whatever. Uh, and I come across and I'm like, Oh, Oh, we were on ESPN. Oh, we were on ESPN plus. So it made me very cautious about, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be a little bit more hard on myself to make sure I don't do that again. Right. Uh, And and then commentary. It's so easy to get, uh, for me, diagnosed ADHD, Mm -hmm. dedicated for it, which by the way, helps so much. Um, it's if I get lost on a train of thought and you're doing commentary and you're in the middle of a match and you get lost, <laughs> it's terrible. And I've done that recently and I've went back and just cringed, but luckily I have a good dance partner. Dustin is able to jump right in there and, and, and rescue me if that happens. So, so are you more play by play or are you more color for commentary? Uh, a little bit mixture of both. So Dustin, this is his baby. So okay. he is the number one seat he's driving the program yeah uh there's times that i may offer a little bit of snippets in there but uh, i try to make sure um I, I try to make sure that i don't step on his toes in terms of 
commentary because he already knows, you know, what's going to happen three months down the road in terms of promotion and matches, et cetera. I don't necessarily, thankfully, (laughs) but uh, it it just kind of helps to follow his lead. But yeah, more of a, of a color commentary, a little bit of play by play occasionally. Yeah. uh, Just to extra, you know, extra oomph into the, the commentary. I got you. But I mean that uh, with him doing leading the ship and stuff, you still get to have those little pops, uh, you know, yeah. uh, with not knowing exactly what's going to, I'm sure you do know some of the outcomes and things, but you don't know how it's going to happen. So, you know, it, it's, it, you get to have that surprise with the people who are watching. Oh yeah. And, and I'm, I've always, even when I worked at the the show in, in West Memphis that we were doing TV for my first TV experience there, mm-hmm. uh, I refused to, to to look at to see who the winners were. I mean, we had okay. our match. Um, I know you can see this. The folks at home can't, but like uh, this is not giving away any trade secrets, by the way, because this match is you know, this episode's debuting this week. Okay. Uh, but you can see on this format sheet for, for those of you not watching, it's multicolored and there's like different segments. There's different uh, tells you segment one. We've got a recap screen. We've got our open uh, and then we've got our match. But in the okay. match column, there is no winner dictated on this sheet. And I refuse uh, to get the other that has it there. Because uh, I want to be able to respond, uh, you know, naturally and and not ex- not say something that's like, I expected that was going to happen. Right. Your, your reaction would feel hollow almost. Right. It's the same as if somebody tells you before you watch the new Marvel movie or a new superhero movie, hey, this is what happens at the end of the, the you know, this is what happens. Why did you tell me? Yeah. I know it's a movie. I know that, you know, that, that this is a, you know, uh, entertainment, but please don't tell me. <laughs> I want to <laughs> I wanna get away from everything. I want to be able to like immerse myself in what I'm watching. Right. Well, I mean, it kind of takes it, it when you take that away. I mean, it kind of ruins the moment. So yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I, I mean, you, you'll still want to watch it, you know, because it's still something that's you're entertained by, but it just kind of takes that moment away. So I saw something online that uh, you were starting to do now, and it's a pro wrestling and social media seminar. Um, yes. So so you're starting to, um, I guess, train the next generation when it comes to dealing with social media and um, working in a wrestling capacity as well. How did you get started in that? So I actually work for a company. I don't want to mention that company's name. Okay. They are an amazing employer. They mm-hmm. are, and I'm saying this in terms of this recording, they are an amazing employer. They have been so gracious to me and uh, I'm actually on six months paternity leave paid, oh, which wow. is insane. Like yeah. I worked eight years retail and was like, you're giving me what? I didn't actually birth this kid. This, the, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've taken advantage of it for bonding time. But uh, anyways, the, the company I work for recruited me from a retailer, the number one retailer in the world. Uh, for my social media uh, abilities online. Uh, I was one of the top uh, uh, facilities in the nation out of 4,600 locations. I was number four for 10 consecutive weeks in terms of engagement, uh, which is likes, comments, and shares. Oh, wow. And then I was in the top 10, not top 10%, but the top 10 for 25 consecutive weeks up until I left to take the job that I have with this company who recruited me. Mm -hmm. So they brought me in to be a trainer to to teach and train on social, to identify those trends, build campaigns, 
uh, really help localize that experience on social media from that facility to their community and not just them being a mouthpiece of corporate down to the to the facility level, but actually being true blue. This is my local facility, my local store. Uh, and they've done such a great job. And that client has been an amazing partner along that journey. So, you know, I talked about for the last year, like, I don't see anything offered like that on social. Right. Uh, you know, or pro wrestling or sports at all. You know, it's just mm-hmm. almost like a wild west in terms of do whatever, man, and, and hope you go viral. Well, <laughs> you know, Eric Bischoff's book, Controversy Creates Cash, is great for television, but social media, not everybody realizes that stuff you say on social is a quote unquote work or yep. not. So right. you can't always uh, put everything that you would put on a TV program that they know is a entertainment piece on your social where they don't always know that this is you as an entertainer, not you as an individual. So identifying quite a few gaps there, especially with uh, some folks uh, that I've worked alongside uh, in sports entertainment and in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've had a few of them like twist my ear, like, Hey, could you give me some advice? And I've given it willingly and freely. Uh, But it's like, we need something that these folks can get the, not just the basics, but a a really good deeper understanding of what you need to do on social to be successful. And a lot of the advice that I've given Gabe Sapolsky, um, who many of your listeners may be familiar with as a consultant with the WWE, did a seminar in Memphis wrestling not too long ago. Got a lot of great feedback from Gabe on my ring announcing. He passed my information along. Still haven't got a call, Gabe. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, but nonetheless, uh, he's been an amazing uh, mentor along the way and listening to some of his Twitter spaces, Uh, but he's been a huge endorser of mine from a social media standpoint. Um, And one of his spaces uh, really endorsed me for my knowledge in social because he has a degree in marketing. So he understands the the facets of social. Uh, So getting that was huge. And then I recently had, and I'm not going to name a name or a company, but I had a legendary referee reach out to me. Um, who, who was wanting oh. some, some social media advice on establishing their presence. So oh, wow. to, they worked for a three letter company. I'll leave it there uh, to, to get the <laughs> enforcement and to get that, that kind of, you know, outreach from individuals who I looked up to and, and have admired their opinions and, and wanted to get their attention to see my content. It's huge. I love it. Right. But, but this seminar is, is the first of its kind that I know of to this degree uh, yeah. that I've seen. Well, man, it seems like you stay extremely busy uh, from doing all the things that I've already talked about to, I mean, you've even done some filmmaking and producing and things like that as well. How do you find the balance for all of this stuff? Because, I mean, it seems like I know that sometimes basketball and baseball kind of overlap at times. So how are you staying (laughs) sane, I guess is the right way to put it with this. So again, I attribute a lot of this to the ADHD. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. Uh, I, I do. I was. Uh, I was diagnosed back in 2018. I okay. knew I had it. I just yeah. had to. I had to do something. It was affecting work. It was affecting home life. I need to do something. But anyways, uh, it, that's actually been in this case a blessing because I can focus on those multiple things if they're spread out. Right. Uh, to agree. Uh, so for baseball, I'm the low man on the totem pole for emceeing as far as getting dates. We have Rick Christian, who's been there the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another uh, individual. I can't remember their name, Dustin and myself. So there's four of us plus interns. Uh, so, you know, obviously having this this newborn, some of my dates this season are a little stretched thin, which I'm OK with. 
because then basketball season kicks off shortly. And then those dates are kind of uh, a little bit spread out to where they're not overlapping like they normally would if you were doing both okay. solo. Okay. Uh, the filmmaking, uh, I started doing some of those documentary films on some some veterans in my local area, won four film awards off of, off of those films. Um, and that's kind of taken the back burner. Not that it's not important to me. It is, but there's just, I'm, I'm delegating, uh, not delegating. I am uh, organizing myself to be a little bit, <laughs> to be a little <laughs> bit more productive, uh, to where I'm not just stressed out because in t- episode, I think it was episode 93 or 92 of Memphis wrestling. I took over editing duties. Uh, oh. I edit the show from start to finish with the exception of the commercials. So Dustin still handles the commercials. If a segment runs short because maybe their match went too quick or their promo was too short, yeah. uh, he'll insert some extra footage. Uh, gotcha. And you'll notice when Dustin does, and that's not a hit against Dustin, but you'll notice because we have two different editing styles. Yeah. Uh, so when you see that, you'll see that there's been two hands in the, in the, in the cookie jar, which is not a bad thing. Uh, so definitely editing the TV show has sucked up a lot of my time that I normally would have been doing like documentary work or other film or video editing. So this has been a fun experience in being able to produce this TV show, by the way, a little bit of tidbit of information for your folks who might be listening in that haven't seen or heard Memphis wrestling returns to channel five, uh, September 1st. Memphis oh, cool. Going home. Yeah. So this is the first time you're hearing about this, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's wow. That that's amazing. Uh, how long ago has it been since they were actually on TV? Uh, it has been, I believe, and don't give me, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was 2000, 2002 or 2004. So it's I been think. a minute. Yeah. It has been a hot minute. Cause I believe Memphis wrestling's run under Corey Macklin was the last televised channel five show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Pro before that, USWA before that, and then CWA, which Jerry Jarrett started yes. uh, before that. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it like you said, it has been been a minute <laughs> on that. Uh there was something that you brought up a minute ago that I did want to talk about. Uh, uh I was on IMDB and I saw something called Arkansas Valor. And it's something that you've been a part of. And you kind of talked about it a minute ago where you're bringing stories of local veterans that Kind of talk to us about that and tell us what that really is. So uh, my dad was a veteran, is a veteran, I should say, not was. He's still with us, fortunately. Um, yeah. 15 years in the Army National Guard and you know, very proud of his service. I have over 18 family members that have or are currently serving in the U.S. military in some form or fashion, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. Um, I don't think we've got anybody in the Marines. We might have somewhere in extended family. Uh I've got a second cousin who's currently a second lieutenant in the Army uh, Army Reserve. So just a plethora of military service throughout our family. And I wanted to, to be able to get those stories. And I worked alongside the Wings of Honor Museum in Walnut Ridge, mm-hmm. uh, which is based at the old World War II Army Airfield, which is now the regional airport there for the city, uh, which is where I live. Oh. And I've been on their board of directors since 2016. So we were trying to find ways to to get that just that audio visual video history of these veterans and their service. Um, Colonel Anita Deason, uh, she's retired now as a part of Senator John Bozeman's office, military liaison for his office, uh, hooked me up with the veterans history project, which is a sponsored uh, uh, it's an evergreen or long-term in, in layman's terms, 
program by the Library of Congress and the National Archives. So if you interview a veteran, uh, as long as you're using a camera and you, you know, start to finish, don't edit anything, you can submit that veteran's story along with their information, and they will turn that into a digital archive uh, of that veteran's service to the country. Oh, wow. So that preserves their their story of service forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it got me to thinking, you know, what are some stories that we didn't see or read in history books? And it's kind of the tagline for Arkansas Valor, stories you won't find in history books, not because they don't belong there, just because you don't know about these. Right. Um, I started off with some World War II veterans who, sadly, all the ones I've interviewed have since passed away, but was able to to get these videos. Their families have really latched on to these videos that I've, these films, I keep saying videos, these films that I've created, because it gives them insight into to their dad or their mom's lives that they otherwise might not have, might not have told them I'll give you an example. Uh, you'll be able to see this, but there's one up here, uh, uh, Private oh. Raymond Clark. Uh, I interviewed him. He was, I think, my second or third mm-hmm. uh, veteran that I interviewed. And this was the first I actually turned into a film and submitted to film festivals. And uh, Mr. Clark had gave me a lot of information that as we were interviewing his family, you could just see them like, what in the world? Like, we didn't even know this. He's never told us <laughs> this before. And that's that's great because the family now knows exactly what he did. For example, um, he was at D-Day mm-hmm. during landings June, I think it was June 4th, 19, what was it? June 6th, 1944. Yes. But he was at the D-Day landings. He helped liberate some concentration right, camps yeah. along the way. Uh, he was also a survivor of the Malmody massacre, which was where... Um, towards the end of the war, um, the German chancellor at the time, Hitler had gave, given the order, no prisoners, shoot everyone, They're, you know, kill mm-hmm. them all, take any prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rounded up a few Americans and I think there was 80 or so that ended up losing their life, but there was a few that escaped. And, uh, through his testimony, he was one of those survivors uh, of that massacre, whether or not he survived a bullet wound or if they were away enough that they could take off and, and tactically retreat from what was going on. Uh, that's what he did. But there's a, there was just so much information. It's like, how do we not know about this? Why do we not know about this? So that led to, to Arkansas Valor and just the, really the drive to capture these stories and not only give our nation an opportunity to hear this, hear these stories firsthand, but the families as well. Cause sometimes they're, they're not comfortable talking to their family about the horrors that they saw uh, or the terrible things that they saw while in service, or uh, you know the relationships that they built while they were in the military. So, wow, that's really cool that you get to tell their stories and that they are, um, you know, like you said, it it goes on now because people didn't know their stories, and you're able to tell that for them now. And I I, I love stuff like that. Some of the my favorite. I, I'm a history guy. I love going back through and reading stuff about history. So I'm definitely going to have to check these out. You're doing some wonderful things here, man. And I appreciate that somebody has taken the time to do something like this because, you know, not everybody's going to find this as interesting, you know, but the the fact that you're taking the time to tell these people's story and everything, you know, I know it means a lot to the families, but it's important that we know those pieces of history. Yeah, and I think it's a, my call to action would be to anybody, and I, I know this is such an opposite end of the spectrum of what we were talking about, but I love talking about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is my call to action to anybody would be if you have a person in your family that has served in the military in any capacity, I don't care if they were a cook, 
the whole time they were in there or if they were on the front lines firing a rifle downrange at the enemy. Mm-hmm. Their stories should be valued. Their experiences should be valued because yes. perspectives that give us a look into what these folks are doing to help keep the American machine running because they might be a cook and never see frontline action, but who's feeding these, these thousands of Marines or these thousands of soldiers or airmen at these forward operating bases or at these deployment areas, uh, the cooks are the, the I don't know what the right. MOS is called these days or their actual role <laughs> or position is called, but you know, who's doing that? These <laughs> folks, are. And, and you know, there comes with that, logistical experience and dealing with, you know, the tight timelines and team building that all these experiences have led to better enriched lives for them when they try to blend back into civilian life, if they choose to do so. So uh, call to action for all of you listening, capture those stories, record them, even if it's 30 minutes, minimum of 30 minutes, I think is what they have to have to take it. If you have old letter correspondence, if you have a, a, a family member who was in Vietnam, maybe they wrote, wrote letters back home you can submit those as well to the library of congress and they will uh they will preserve those forever because if you're not interested that's okay but your kids or your nieces or nephews or your cousins they may become interested in their family's history and want to start deep diving into that history and finding out what their family's done yeah i i know so my dad is uh he's a veteran and uh you know he was in during it was probably um he was during into during the Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, during the start of Vietnam and all that. Uh, but he lost all of the stuff that he had um, in a oh. fire. So he, uh, we've recently been able to uh, get some of that stuff again because we've been able to go to like Fort Benning where he uh, was stationed at and everything to find like there was medals that he had. And uh, we're able to find records of those medals and, you know, we're able to get like we were able to get a picture of all of his uh, all all of his people in his platoon together and things like that. And, you know, just seeing his face light up whenever we're able to show him these things and get these things for him, you know, it, it definitely it means a lot to me, but I know it means a lot to him as well. Yeah. And you can also when you go to the Veterans History Project, I believe it's uh, um I can't remember the link for it, but uh, they have a website through the Library of Congress's website. I think it's loc.gov slash Veterans History Project or VHP, something like that. Uh, But there's also a way that you can go in and apply for lost medals and certificates and files. So for my dad, for example, similar situation, just through time, uh, he didn't know that he'd actually been awarded uh, some additional medals during his time in service. So we applied to have his medals reissued to them, which had his name engraved on the back, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some of his medical information, documentation that he had. We applied for everything and anything we could get uh, related to his service, which he was really happy to see those medals. Like your dad as well. It's like, I didn't even know I got this. But yeah. when you look at his paperwork, it's like, you signed for it. That was <laughs> years ago. I don't remember that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I, so there was another thing that happened that was kind of cool because, uh, my parents actually live in Missouri now and, uh, my dad pastors a church up there. And whenever he moved to Missouri, um, there was actually a medal that, um, came from the governor's office to him for being a veteran that lived in the state of Missouri. So, and he's very proud to show that to, to me and to whoever else, you know, will take time to look at that. So, uh, I thought that was really cool that, you know, Missouri was able to do something like that, even though, you know, I mean, 
like I said, he was in years ago and they still do things like that for them. And I, it's, it's very important. That's awesome. So you've done these uh, documentaries and I know that you've also been a part of another documentary. Uh, you were a producer for it and that's the Bobby Eaton documentary. Uh, that was actually my very first documentary film that I created from the bottom up. Uh, that one was a lot of, a lot of things surrounded that documentary that were positive, a uh-huh. lot of things that were negative. And I won't go into too much detail on the podcast, but I will say it is available for viewing for free online on my YouTube channel okay. uh, for T media. And it is again, I'm open to critiques, but please understand watching this. I had $0 as a budget. I caught rides <laughs> with superstar Bill Dundee to get some of these videos. Uh, yeah. some of these videos like the, the, uh, the JJ Dillon interview, uh, the uh, Dave Milliken interview, who's done WWE's championship belts in the past and AEW's uh, world heavyweight title. I believe he did that one as well. Mm. Uh, those, those individuals were done in Tipton, Tennessee. And I actually drove Bobby to that event. Uh, so oh, wow. a lot of those stories, uh, a lot of the audio, a lot of the visuals are not the greatest as I look back as I've gained the experience, but the story itself, I think really just highlights how Bobby was as a person. And, you know, there were people who absolutely loved Bobby and and did anything for him. And then there were those, unfortunately, that took advantage of him. Right. Uh, but that's, I won't get into that, that part of the conversation, but anyways, they, uh, uh, we were set to release that in 2016, I believe it was 2016, I believe. And, uh, or 20, yeah, 2016. Uh, and some things had come up between another individual and myself. Uh, mm-hmm. so I decided at that moment, I contacted Bobby's sister because that was the only way I could get a hold of Bobby. And like, Hey, this is what happened. I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to, to, to move forward with this. And then fast forward a few years later, I was like, you know what? Screw it. People need to hear this. People need to see this. And I believe this was um, after Bobby passed away okay. or before he passed away. I can't remember for sure without looking it up, uh, published it. And it's my most viewed video on YouTube, which is just a testament of how many people loved Bobby. Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin credits his career to Bobby Eaton. Yes. Well, and you know, uh, one of the greatest tag teams that ever was credits him as being one of the greatest tag team wrestlers ever. And that's, uh, bully Ray. He, every time you, if you just say the name Bobby Eaton, he'll say greatest tag team wrestler ever. He, he is definitely, I, I, I definitely have a, a shot across the bow that I want to give to WWE and I'm not doing this to, to get egg on my face, but of every tag team of every individual that's one in the hall of fame. I don't believe, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say it that way. I believe that Bobby Eaton, the midnight express deserve their rightful place in those hallowed halls because the recognition, there are so many performers individually. Yeah. And then there's tag teams that would not be where they are today. Had it not been for the midnight express, had yep. it not been for Bobby Eaton, Yep. Uh, just the plethora of knowledge, the plethora of experience, you know, superstars across the board, across the world have attributed him as being a night off. Essentially. He was so easy to work with and made them look like a million bucks. Right. He was the golden mid Carter who should have been the main eventer. Yes. In my, and uh, you know, I mentioned stone cold, Steve Austin, a second ago, he won the television title. He was the NWA television title, or maybe it was the WCW television title from Bobby Eaton, that was his first championship title, mainstream title, that he won as a wrestler, stunning Steve Austin. 
Uh, and Bobby made him look like a million bucks and Bobby couldn't talk to save his life on a microphone. Uh, <laughs> and that's not a shot at Bobby. That's just, right. he tell you that. I mean, Jim Cornette would tell you that on, on, <laughs> on oh, yeah. Cornette would probably tell you that in a more colorful way, uh, but <laughs> Bobby could work. He didn't need to talk. His right. work spoke for itself. Uh, and he had an amazing manager, Jim Cornette in his corner along the way that just really helped amplify him as a performer and him as an individual. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's another person is Jim Cornette who I've always been one, you know, yes, he can get really hot and he can say some crazy things, but the man has a passion for wrestling and he has a mind oh. for wrestling too. L- love the guy or hate him. You know, he is very, you, you are going to know Jim Cornette whether you want to or not. And I had the pleasure <laughs> of meeting him when I interviewed him for, uh, for Bobby Eaton's documentary and, uh, he is the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Just I've learned that if you don't want to know his opinion, then don't talk to him about certain topics. Right. Uh, you know, my politics and my faith and my beliefs may yeah. be a little bit, a little bit more to the right than, than Jim Cornette's. Yeah. So you know, I've learned that those are conversations we're not going to have with Jim. And it's, <laughs> but, but he, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just, he is, he is who he is. He's, he's vocal in his opinion. He doesn't care whose toes he steps on. And yeah. that's, I don't, I think that's how he's always been and, and people love the honesty. And that's, that's what I admire about Jim is his brutal honesty. Yeah. You are not going to get anything sugarcoated from him. He, if you suck, he's going to tell you, you suck. Right. Color. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had another guy on here before, uh, actually not too long ago who, uh, told me, you know, he's like, yeah, when you get Jim Cornette in the ring, that's one person that Jim Cornette is a person. Awesome guy. You know, uh, it was, um, brutal Bob Evans. Uh, he, uh, was on here and yeah, it, I, I, that's one person I would love to meet is uh, Jim Cornette. Cause I grew up like you watching the old WCW. Uh, my uncle is the one who got me into wrestling and that's what we did is we watched the old WCW before nitro ever happened. You know, that was, that's what we, I even had the trading cards and stuff. You know, I loved the old Steiner brothers and you know, those matches that you would see on there. You know, I think I, I'm actually I'm I'm digging here, and I hope I can find it. I don't know if I have them easily accessible, but I think I've actually got old school WWF trading cards still in the box, <laughs> had never been opened until I got married. It was a wedding gift, and I'm like, "You idiot! Why did you open those?" So <laughs> I don't know where they are. I'll send you a picture on Instagram and let you see them if I can find them. We moved, and I don't know where it's at. <laughs> oh, that'd be great! I'd love to see that. So you talked about Jim Ross. And uh, you were talking about um, Howard. And so, but who would you say are your biggest influences on the way that you do your announcing? So I think we have to separate the two because uh, I do ring announcing as well as commentary for, right. for Memphis. And yep. my, everybody does a Mount Rushmore and, and I'm going to do one as well in terms of ring announcers. It's Howard Finkel, it's Justin Roberts, it's Tony Chimmel, uh, and it's Dave Penzer. Uh, yeah. Those are four individuals that have had an influence on my style and how I approach ring announcing. Um, and and I, I would say if there was a fifth head on Mount Rushmore, I would even tie in a little bit of Lillian Garcia in terms of the personality that she brought as a ring announcer. She wasn't just a proper stood professional, you know, the fake version, yeah. uh, you know, you had Justin Roberts who had a little bit more belt to his yep. voice and, yep. and does still. 
Uh, and then you had Tony Chimmel, who was, you know, had that that twang, that certain volume that was just hit just right on certain ones when he didn't mess up an edge intro or two. <laughs> uh, and then you had Lillian, who who brought in a whole new mix. You take a look at uh, Samantha Irvin, uh, yes. Raw Ring Announcer. Yep. She's amazing. She, she is. is. She is, in my opinion, she, she is her own announcer. She, she has is. her own style. She's her own individual. But my God, there are traits of other announcers that I see that she's incorporated into her style. And I mean that in such a positive uh, compliment because it's what I've done. Uh, uh, as far as commentators are concerned, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are who I grew up with. Tony Schiavone's number three. Yeah. Uh, and I've definitely got to add, and it's going to be a trade out uh, between Bobby the Brain Heenan. And I got to add, even though he wasn't a commentator, he was on the screen all the time. That's mean Gene Okerlund. Those were, those were the the guys that, you know, when it come to holding a microphone or talking on the stick, those were the guys. That's the, that's that's who I tried to emulate a lot of, you know, the personality and the the character uh, that I've become on television. Right. They, I mean, those are all great names, but one that you brought up that uh, I, I was hoping you would say something about her. I knew she wouldn't be in your Mount Rushmore or anything, but uh, Samantha Irvin, she puts it all behind like do you watch her the tiktok videos that she does of her doing the announcement little fun fact i had my tiktok a long a long time before samantha irvin thank you very much (laughs) and you know i'm trying to get to that relationship level to where you know i've noticed she's interacting a little bit more with me on social in terms of like when i reply to a story or i tag her in one of my videos yeah Uh, 178,000 followers on TikTok. And that's all because of a WWE contest I, I entered back in uh, two years ago. That's cool. uh, but when she got on TikTok, I'm like, it's over for me. There go <laughs> all of my views. I will never have another viral introduction on TikTok ever again uh, because she works for WWE. I mean, how much more exposure can you get? And this is not dogging her. This is just like, oh, yeah. Oh. Still in my thunder. I was the voice of TikTok when it comes to ring announcing, and now you're here. Uh, no, it, it is. Uh, it is. She is. God, her personality is just. It is so electric. Yes. And she is so fit. She is where she needs to be at this moment. Yes. Uh, I and I've folks in my my TikTok comments say that I'm better than Samantha or that, you know, Samantha's better than me, or I should be in her spot or, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mike Rome's spot. And it's like, I don't look at it that way. I love right. the compliment. Don't get me wrong. I love that. And we'll take it all the time. Yeah. Um, but to, I, I respect everything that, that she does behind that microphone that, and I've even started incorporating a little bit of what she does uh, during my ring introductions, uh, since watching her on on Raw and, and previously on SmackDown, she's just phenomenal. And in my opinion, she is the second greatest female ring announcer WWE has ever had behind Lillian Garcia. I, I, I could, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, Lillian was the one that I grew up with, you know, so she's always going to be special to me. But man, I I just love. Like I said, she puts everything behind that whenever she's announcing. And you can see it. She uses her whole body to announce whenever she's saying those names. So, yeah, no, I can totally get behind that. Oh, even the Imperium's intro, whenever she starts doing a little bit of the the, the actual uh, uh, pronunciations of their names in that native language. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do Spanish introductions occasionally on TikTok, but uh-huh. like... She's doing Italian and German and Austrian pronunciations. It's like, I like that. That's different. 
stands out. That brings a little bit more flair to that intro to where old schooler is going to be like, well, she's doing too much. She's making herself the star. No, she's adding value to that performer right. and their entrance, making it ever much more special. And yeah. she she's right where she needs to be. Totally agree. So you've got all this going on. You're a dad. Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I have zero. Uh, no, in, in all, I, <laughs> I have no life. I have no time for anything else. My wife could tell you I don't have even time for her. No. Uh, <laughs> she's probably laughing in the other room or she's probably shaking her head going, yeah, no, he's right. Uh, no, in, all, in all seriousness, no, she, uh, she's been very supportive uh, even before we were married and all of this. But uh, hobbies, uh, for me, it's it's TikTok. Like TikTok has become my hobby. And uh, I'd mentioned to you a second ago, uh, back in 2021, WWE had an announcer contest. I had 5,000 followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They announced this. The winner would be able to re-announce a match at SummerSlam. Oh. So, of course, I'm in the middle of my work day. So, uh, my boss, if you're listening to this, please don't fire me for this. <laughs> Just talk it up as me being on lunch for that moment. Um, so, I saw these videos WWE was dropping. It was The Undertaker. It was Edge. It was Bianca Belair. Uh, and there was another one. I can't remember what the other one was, but anyways, there was like four or five and they were all dropping. And I was like, Oh, I've got to do this. If I don't do this now, then I'm going to miss the boat on the virality of what's going on here. Cause it brought it to my for you page, the algorithm for, for a reason. And of course their higher power did that as well, but uh, right. he gets some of that credit or all of that credit really. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did that. I did that duet. And overnight, I woke up the next morning, I had 33,000 followers up from 5,000 the night before. I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. This could I could win this thing. Yeah. Forward to a month before the contest ended, uh, or a couple weeks before the contest ended, I had um, roughly 50,000 followers. And every single one of my videos, with the exception of one, were the top viewed videos of that contest. Nobody had more views than me. Wow. Uh, all videos with the exception of one. I think Baker Banter, uh, who's another uh, young man who's a big wrestling fan, uh, t- has a condition and and just phenomenal. Brought so much energy to his video and I loved it. Uh, but I, I get a call from, or a, a message originally from WWE on TikTok. So they followed me, sent me a message. Hey, uh, congratulations. Uh, we'd like to select you as uh, one of our finalists in our contest. Oh my God, this is huge. I love this. Uh, Yes. Here's my information. Set up a Zoom call. uh, Got interviewed on a Zoom call, uh, except we were, we were no, I was on video. The, the, the interviewer wasn't, which was like, I don't like this (laughs) in terms of interview interview, not like this, but yeah. uh, And it's, I'm thought everything went great and had some great uh, communication back and forth. Found out I was in the finals. Uh, said, do not share this, but you've moved on to the finals. Please keep this close to your chest until we get closer to time. Uh, we'll announce our winners at this point in time, or this this date and time. So here we are. I'm getting messages from verified users who are in this contest. Mr. Professor had reached out. There was another individual who reached out uh, who were all verified. Like, hey, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. And I wasn't I wasn't in, in wrestling terms kayfabe, but I was being serious. I have not heard anything. <laughs> the Friday night or the Friday at no Saturday at 10 30 AM, the day before the pay-per-view, I get an email that says we've decided to move forward with somebody else. Thank you so much for participating in the contest. And I'm just like, I literally sat back in my chair and I'm like, 
you've got to be kidding me. How? I had the most viewed video. How? Yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, I was a little upset. Yeah. Find out uh, the next day, Ringside Rain. She's an amazing, amazing lady. Uh, she's a ring announcer out in California who does MMA and, and re- pro wrestling announcing. So I, I came to terms with it a few weeks later. I was more hurt, not from her, but from not winning, obviously. Right. Uh, uh, but just like looking back, it's like my TikTok account grew to what it was and got the exposure thanks in part to that contest. So I won a lot more in terms of exposure there than I probably would have from SummerSlam. And I don't want to, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but from a social media standpoint, looking yeah. at some of the other entrants that, that participated, I had the most growth on social. Right. So I won huge. I may not have won the first place prize, but by golly, I came in second. <laughs> I came in second. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there's been multiple shows. Like you look at American Idol. Some yeah. of the, the runner ups, are the ones who have actually made it. And I barely see anything from the ones who actually want it. So Jennifer Hudson, prime yeah, example. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, nothing wrong with being the runner up. And like I said, that's how I found you was through TikTok and you doing the announcing videos. And so, you know, if you hadn't have done that, we might not be sitting here right now having this conversation. I, I will share one more quick story with you. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You're great, uh, but man. Another opportunity came through because of TikTok. Uh, again, secondary came around because of TikTok. I'm not going to steal. Not going to steal the man upstairs thunder. But really? um, so I get a, a message, February of twenty of this year. I think it was February. Yeah, February of this year, and uh, said, "Hey, my name is so and so." No, it wasn't DM. It was an email uh, from an individual who was the social media director for the PFL, which is the second largest MMA company currently in the world. Okay, uh, they have. You know, they have a market in Europe, the Professional Fighters League. Uh, they've got uh, Jake Paul, who is uh, signed to be one of their fighters, uh, Logan Paul's brother. So you've yeah. got, uh, which is going to be interesting because it's a UFC competitor. You've got the brothers on competing programs now since they've been yep. acquired, same company. Yep. Um, but anyways, I, I get this email. I'm like, this can't be legit. So I spent like 15, 20 minutes researching because I don't watch a lot of MMA, admittedly, and not because it, I don't find it interesting. I don't have the time. I barely watch wrestling. <laughs> I don't have the time. Yeah. Uh, WWE, AEW, PFL, UFC. If you ever want to bring me in, I can watch it all the time. It'd be my job. Um, <laughs> so I reached back out. I'm like, sure. I'd love to, you know, set up some time to talk. So we got on a, on a, on a phone call, literally the same night I replied, he called me within about 10 minutes. We talked for 10 or 15 minutes. He said, let me get in t- contact with my executive VP uh, he's going to talk to you about the details of this and interview you to see if, you know, we bring you down for an audition possibly. What? So you know, this thing had moved into like fourth gear pretty quick. I yeah. get on a phone call with uh, uh, the EVP of the PFL who is over this, this particular uh, department who handles the cage announcers. And him and I talked for about 20 minutes and said he saw my TikTok videos. They had reached out because they saw what I was doing on TikTok, knew that I had, uh, some ring announcing experience and wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming down to audition. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, had to just, it was like surreal. I was kind of like, there's no way there's no way. And keep this in mind as the story progresses, the cage announcer for the PFL I was auditioning for was Lillian Garcia. Oh, wow. She was leaving at the time that wasn't public, but she was leaving the PFL uh, oh. for her next endeavor. 
so needing a replacement yeah so it's like uh okay <laughs> shoes so to fill. exactly you know we just talked about her being on my mount rushmore as an alternate so yeah uh, you know it's like that's that is that is insane so i get uh i get all the information the booking information they fly me out to orlando uh to do the eighth week of pfl's uh challenger series so uh, Farouk, uh, oh God, what is his name? Um, he is the announcer for BattleBots. Had auditioned as well. He auditioned during week seven uh, for their fights for the Challenger series, and then I did week eight uh, of the Challenger series, which is the second round fights. Which, by the way, you can check out on, uh, I believe it's Fubu on their official YouTube channel and then uh, PFL's social channels. You'll see, uh, legit, I was there. So, you know, I fly out to Universal Studios and backstage, you know, don't know anybody. This is a new experience. First impressions. You're in the, you know, the green room. I'm talking to Kenny Florian, Kayla Harrison, who's their former, you know, women's champion there in in PFL, but also two-time Olympic gold medalist. And then you've got Randy Couture, former UFC World Heavyweight Champion, that Brock Lesnar beat in the UFC. Again, not a dig at Couture, but guy's a legend in MMA. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like trying not to act starstruck without being starstruck. You know, <laughs> so like I'm in a room of individuals and Scott, uh, Scott, uh, 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 God, I can't remember his name either, but that's okay. Uh, sorry, Scott, if you're listening to this, um, you know, but these, these folks who have competed in MMA at major levels who have, you know, just amazing achievements under their belt. And here I am some young country. Yeah. I say young 30 year old country guy from Northeast Arkansas, and I'm sitting in this green room with these individuals who have just a star-studded record. Why am I here? And go out there, do the do the uh, the weigh-ins, do the event itself for intros and winter announcements. And it was just I f- slid right into my groove uh, of of ring announcing. Like this is no different than ring announcing. You read the cards, you go when you're cued. It was so relaxing, especially after that first matchup because it's like this is this is no different than being at memphis wrestling you're good right and i was good the rest of the night i made a few slip-ups during introductions yeah uh because the you know the the ifv going on in the background i could hear stuff going on so it's kind of a little bit distracting yes uh, but but man it was such an amazing experience i got a lot of great positive feedback from you know the production team the social teams as well as the hosts and the the celebrity judges i just so much positive feedback that really helped boost my confidence and know that I have, and this is not me self-boasting, but letting me know that I do have talent that's worth investing in. Uh, fast forward, I uh, get a call from, uh, or get an email from the EVP of PFL and said, hey, um, <clears throat> we'll let you know on this date where we're at, because we've got to get this figured out, because our our first our first fight is coming up literally the next the following month uh, in, oh. in April. Oh wow! So it's okay, like, yeah. They're having to make a decision because I think this this uh, decision, uh, I think this Lillian departing kind of came uh, either ahead of schedule or I don't I don't know how all that worked, but uh, uh, but I think they just they were trying to get somebody in there before their their fights started for the regular season, and. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then uh, I get a, a message back that says, Hey, we've decided to, to go forward with someone else. I was hmm. dude again, crushed. I was crushed because I had seen my contract and I, I don't want to talk about, you know, as far as the monetary compensation, and all that, but I right. saw the contract. I'm like, dude, this is like, 
I even called Dustin. I'm like, Dustin, listen, I'm going to have to up my fee for Memphis wrestling. (laughs) 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 So it's like, you may be paying a little bit more out of pocket, Uh, but no, I'll just decide. You know, I didn't didn't tell him how much I was making, uh, would have been making, but uh, I just, I was crushed because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect opportunity. Now, granted, or some being here, there's no way that I could have done that. So I think, I think God opened the door for the opportunity to get that exposure, to meet those connections, meet those folks, which I'll always be grateful to the PFL and the individuals who helped make that happen. Cause they were again, phenomenal. That's not me just BSing or, you know, stroking their ego. This is me being genuine. Yeah. Um, then I find out literally a, a few days later uh, that the individual that they chose to go forward with, wait for it, Justin Roberts, uh. <laughs> another one. <laughs> Another one on my Mount Rushmore. So I wow. came to terms with it fairly quickly. And it's like, dude, yeah, you got beat by Justin Roberts. Yep. How is that a bad thing? <laughs> you know, it's almost yeah. bragging rights, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, a little bit, but it's like, come on, Justin, you're on AEW. Give me a little bit of crumbs. That's all I want. <laughs> you have, <laughs> you've got yeah. AEW. Just leave yeah. it. <laughs> G- give me collision. Give me something, you know? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, like, uh, watching Justin work is just, he's phenomenal. Like, yes. he, uh, yeah, I'm jealous a little bit, but to know that I auditioned for a role that was taken by Justin Roberts versus somebody I've never heard of, mm-hmm. I am totally at peace with. And I'm so happy because they have got an amazing brand and amazing personality. It's really going to carry them through this season. And if they continue with Justin, carry them for many more. Now, that being said, PFL, I'm still open for opportunities. You've got my email and contact information. I'll gladly take a booking. There you <laughs> go, man. <laughs> so we're coming up on a close here on this uh, episode, and this has been so much fun. I, I just have like a few more questions for you, and then we're going to get you off of here. If you had one piece of advice that you wish somebody would have gave you before you got into this, what would it be? Very early on. I confused loyalty in a full-time job with loyalty in independent wrestling. Okay. Somebody would have gave me the advice early on that it's okay to be loyal. It's another to be completely loyal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. I missed out on some opportunities at early networking and uh, and experience because of a, of a promoter that I had built a, a relationship with business wise that being green in the business, not understanding how pro wrestling worked at the time, not understanding you know, that some promoters, and again, not calling this one specifically out, but there are shyster promoters out there who will, you know, promise you the moon and and give yep. you, you know, Nothing. a pebble out of the driveway. So yep. Yep. Uh, I would, I would definitely, you know, would have loved the advice to don't anchor yourself down in the independent scene unless it is going to help gain you exposure in a positive way or help gain you opportunities in a positive way. I would have left the company I worked with a whole lot sooner to work for a rival company that was drawing 500 folks a week. That was on local television. That was recording for local television, by the way, where ours at the time I had stayed with that company was drawing 12 to 15 people a week. Oh, wow. Because the booking was terrible. So um, it's like, why did I stay there? Why did I, why did I tell this person that I would never work for them? Because I'm loyal to this company. I wouldn't, I would have smacked my younger self in the upside the head and been like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but I'm really good friends with, with the promoter who I told I never worked for him. He was actually one of my groomsmen at my wedding. So. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny how things change. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have anything coming up that maybe you want to talk about before I get you off here? Sure. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, Memphis Wrestling is returning home to WMC Channel 5. Uh, you can check out Memphis Wrestling on Channel 5 if you're in the Memphis market area uh, on 5.5 on cable and television providers. Check your local listings. Uh, we're also on Fight Plus as well as the WMC Action News Plus app. Uh, we're also on YouTube premiere every Saturday at high noon. Uh, so we've got some upcoming events that I'll personally be at. Uh, a few of these I'm going to have to miss due to you know home commitments. Uh, but Sunday, August 27th, you can find me at Memphis Wrestling. Uh, you can get tickets at memphiswrestling.tv. Uh, we'll have Enzo Amore, who's going to be our special guest for that uh, set of TV tapings. We tape three tapings in one day uh, to provide us three weeks worth of content. Uh, they got a lot of guests that are coming up August the 19th, Pontotoc, Mississippi, uh, Hexall Jim Duggan. Uh, just a, a lot of great opportunities to to catch me in Memphis wrestling. Then I'll be at Redbirds baseball Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, the current week that we're actually talking in. So that would be the, the 15th, 16th, and 17th of August uh, yeah. for now. And then I should be back in September for some dates uh, for Redbirds baseball. And then I'm gearing up for hustle basketball. I'm hoping they bring me on for season number three to help cheer on the, the Memphis hustle and the AG league team. Awesome, man. And if people want to follow you, how can they do that? You can follow me on any social media platform using the social media handle at the, that's T-H-E-T-W Ward, W-A-R-D. So it's T-H-E-T-W-W-A-R-D. You'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, I think I'm on, I think I'm on Be Real. I'm on uh, Threads. I try to gather all those usernames from everywhere, but I'm mainly on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. And you do cameos now too, don't you? Yes. Uh, cameos are available. You can go to the links in my bio with those social handles. Uh, they'll take you to my seminar as well. If you want to attend that seminar to strengthen your social game uh, for professional wrestling or sports entertainment, but cameos uh, start out at $30 and, and that is going to get you that customized intro for your family, your friends, for a birthday gift, or just for yourself. If you want to emulate your favorite superstar. The only thing I ask is, uh, or just want to tell everybody, I don't do copyrighted music. So uh, that's yes. to... Heck me. <laughs> so you can add that later, uh, but I, I can't add that in any of my video content. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it has been a blast talking to you tonight. I've really enjoyed this. And uh, maybe we can get you back on here again here in the future. I appreciate it, Jared. And I cannot wait to, uh, I can't wait to see you soon. Invitations always open for Memphis Wrestling. Give me a shout. Uh, I'll hook you up with a ticket. We'll make it happen. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate you. Hey, listeners, I'm glad you're enjoying what you're listening to. I'm Billy from Zero to Hero Podcast. I'll always be joined by Jim, and me and him are the Folk and Skull Podcasting. Definitely, if you love what you're listening to, then come swing on by Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you find your podcast, we'll be there too. Welcome to the Vinyl Word Podcast, where forgotten spoken word records are revisited with a comedic twist. Join me, Steve Beach, and me, Brian Mayer, for a trip down memory lane, where records weren't only for music, but also education. <laughs> Learn to bowl, throw a dinner party, or hit a baseball, all while being tethered to a spinning record on a gigantic stereo. It was well-intentioned, ineffective, and totally ridiculous. But what other options did they have? And let's be honest, Steve, we can describe the internet the same way. Yeah. Listen to the Vinyl Word Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, literally anywhere Amazon, they get their podcast Podchaser, is what Stitcher, we're doing. 
Taser. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Terrence Ward. He was a lot of fun to talk to, and he had a lot of great stories, and I'm really looking forward to maybe getting him back on the show here again in the future. He was a great guest to have on. Um, as you know, I have all kinds of great guests on this show, so make sure that you stay tuned for um, the guests that we will be having here in the future. So I believe that my next guest is going to be Tony Snow. He is a manager at Wrestling for a Cause, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to him to kind of get his backstory on everything that he's done to get to the place where he's at now in wrestling. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a great episode for you guys to hear. So I want to give a shout out to my podcast networks, the OIW Podcast Network, the Avenue Podcast Network, and the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. All three of them are great, and they have all kinds of great content that you can find at them. I will have a link to each of them in my show notes. Make sure that you go and check them out. I also have merch out. If you guys would like to get a t-shirt that says, if you give a dad a podcast, or if you would like a sticker that says, hello, all my beautiful people. Or if you'd like a coffee mug with my logo on it, I have those uh, available pretty much everywhere. Look at my social media and you will find it on there. Or you can look it up with uh, my wife's page. She is the one who actually makes all this stuff for me. And that is um, Cups and Teas by Stacia. If you need any type of custom stuff done, hit her up. I know she started doing stuff for me when it comes to my shirts that I need for Diamond State Wrestling. She creates quality stuff, and uh, you guys will really like what she has. And her pricing is really reasonable. I'm not just saying that just because she's my wife or anything, but she does have reasonable prices and great quality products. Uh, She has testimonials all over. If you look at her Etsy page, I think she has a five-star rating on there. If not, it's 4.9. So just go and use her for any of your custom needs. Or if you want any of my merch, go and check her stuff out as well. I also want to give a shout out to D-Cure. He is the man who created my ending theme song for me. I really appreciate him doing that. And um, if you like what you hear, make sure that you go and check his stuff out. I will have a link to his stuff as well in the show notes. also want to give a shout out to the original Geek Comics. They gave me a full-length page in their Paladin comic book. Um, to advertise. They have some great stories that are coming out. They actually, as you've heard me talk the last few weeks, they've been doing a campaign to raise money for the new 8th Day comic book that they are coming out with, and they were able to reach that goal. So for those of you who did help them out, I really do appreciate that. And uh, go and support these guys. They have such great content, and uh, they come out with such amazing stories. I found out today that uh, I should be getting my paladin comic book the first one here really soon so i'm really excited for that and i'll be getting uh, volume two of uh, vengeance which is the first one that i read by them and so i'm really excited to get these in the mail from them so if you guys want to follow me on social media you've heard me talk about it on here you can go to facebook or instagram or snapchat or tiktok or threads And just look up if you give a data podcast, and you can find me on any of those. You can also look me up on Google. Just type in if you give a data podcast, and I should be the first 10 to 15 results that you find there as well. If you want to send me an email, you can do so by sending it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, if you have anything that you want to tell me about the show or if there's something you want me to talk about, just send me a line. Whether it's on social media or email, I look forward to it. 
And make sure that as you're listening to this, you go and like, share, and subscribe to this show. Wherever you're listening at, make sure that you're subscribed to it and hit that notification bell. That way you get notified every time there is a new episode of iGadap. Also, leave me a review or a rating and tell me how I'm doing. If you like this episode, make sure that you go out there and rate and review it and tell me. The more people that do that, the more likely I am to be visible to other people who are looking for a show like mine. And uh, so just go out there, give me a five-star review, four-star review, whatever you feel that this show deserves. Go out and just give it a review and let me know. As you know, I'm doing stuff with uh, Diamond State Wrestling. I've talked about it a little bit on here. I'm doing the Rare Cut. It is a pre-show for all of their uh, content that comes out and all of their shows that are coming out. So make sure that you go and follow them on the Diamond State YouTube page. And uh, I have social media for Diamond State as well. So make sure that you go out there and follow them as well. So I'm going to continue doing something that I've been doing the last few weeks. And I love it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And that is Dad Joke of the Week. How did the frog burn his tongue? He tried to eat a firefly. (laughs) All right, everybody. I love you. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. Beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, though we're blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. And listen closely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.